Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Aaron Summers, joined by John DeShazer on this Black and Gold Friday. Don't forget, you can hashtag Black and Gold Friday to be featured on the Saints social media pages or the website, of course, in your Saints Black and Gold. We're getting ready for the Saints game at MetLife Stadium this Sunday, 12 o'clock against the Jets. John, what are you looking forward to in this game and why is it a win? I'm looking forward to a win, hopefully. Um, (laughs) Alvin Kamara coming back, that's always huge for the Saints. He's been out four games. and Accordingly, the offense has suffered without him. Um, It's just not been uh, a great offense this whole season. But when you take away the best player on that offense, then it really uh, goes down. So having Alvin Kamara back uh, should help. Uh, Having Teron Armstead back at left tackle should help. And uh, really looking looking to see uh, the Saints run the ball against this team. Even though it feels like quarterback, he's got that mallet finger, and he says he can call the throws. But the Jets 133 yards rushing a game, and that should fall right into the Saints' lap, hopefully, uh, with Taysom Hill and with Alvin Kamara, um, because it might not be the greatest game weather-wise. It might be a game where they need to run anyway, but if you run it against a team that doesn't stop the run a whole lot, that should hopefully – uh, put the same position to be successful and getting back defensively looks like Marcus Davenport defensive end. So, you know, all those things should help the Saints. Uh, they've lost five straight. Uh, this team isn't accustomed to doing that. Uh, I don't think anyone wants to get accustomed to doing that. So hopefully they can break it that way. Definitely. Some good additions back for the Saints this weekend. Unfortunately, there are a couple players that have been put on the COVID-19 reserve list in Cameron Jordan and then Mark Ingram and most recently Ty Montgomery. So that could be tough for the Saints. And then, of course, they're dealing with that suspension to Deontay Harris. Who is going to be returning kicks and punts here, John? It'll probably be Marquez Calloway on the uh uh, kicks and punt returns. He's done it before. If it's not him, it could be Aesop Winston, who uh, will probably be called up from the practice squad and to fill in uh, for Deontay Harris. But generally, I know, I know last year when Deontay Harris was out, it was Marquez Callaway doing it. Now, with Marquez's uh, role in the offense expanding, it might not be him, but he's the first choice, I'm sure. And uh, after him, it should be Aesop Winston. But, you know, losing Deontay Harris is huge. Uh, not just in the return game, but it's, it's huge in the offense because he leads the team in receiving yards. Uh, he's the deep threat, and to not have him on the field, uh, you lose that ability somewhat to stretch the field unless it's going to be Aesop Winston doing it. So, you know, Aesop Winston probably will have a little bit bigger role than than, than he imagined coming into this season uh, and we imagined for him coming into this season. He was a part of training camp, though. Anything that he did that stood out to you? Uh, the one play you can remember is uh, he caught a deep pass from Jameis Winston uh, mm-hmm. uh, in practice where he laid out for probably 50 yards down the field. Uh, we saw his speed. We saw his ability to, to, to make the catch. So, you know, that's the one that stood out. And, you know, you don't need something spectacular, but if called upon, if, he, if he's in that role and he's got to run a deep one, you want him to be able to, to, to make a catch or make a play or stretch the defense or force something, uh, force him to open up. And because he's a relative unknown, he might be able to slip behind them because, you know, they might not know exactly what he's capable of. So he might be able to kind of sneak up on the Jets and maybe get behind them once or twice. So we'll see how that works out for him because, you know, again, he's in that role as the guy who's who's out there as the speed guy who hopefully can stretch the defense. So, you know, hopefully he can fulfill that role. 
we're excited to have Sherry Burris come in on the podcast here today. She'll be on the sidelines there, weather and all, as the Saints take on the Jets. So we're going to get a breakdown from her here. Um, again, that game's on CBS, so she'll be there for the CBS broadcast. Sherry, thank you so much for joining us on the New Orleans Saints podcast. We're excited to have you on the sidelines for the Saints-Jets game this weekend at MetLife Stadium. How are you doing today? Thank you so much, Erin. I appreciate it. We're doing well. Looking ahead to this weekend's game, what are some of the storylines that you're following? Something that definitely jumps out is Taysom Hill's finger. Um, knowing that Russell Wilson had a similar kind of injury and seeing how severe that was, obviously Taysom's isn't as bad, but a quarterback's number one tool is his hand. So having that finger, um, definitely something I'm looking forward to asking him about, seeing how he's going to respond to that. The injuries uh, for both sides, I know there's a couple guys on the COVID list there for the Saints, pretty big uh, key players at that. Meanwhile, the Jets have also just been decimated by injury in addition to being a young team. So those are, I guess, the top two. A third one for you is also the losing streaks. Something's got to give here, right? Both teams racking up the L's. So someone here is going to finally get back in the win column. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're definitely hoping that it's going to be the Saints. It's been since 2005 since they had these type of losses back to back. Mentally, though, this team seems like they're locked in. They're ready to go. Taysom obviously taking a lot of that on and playing through the injury there. When you look at the way that the Jets have been playing and why they're losing or maybe what's not working for them, how do you think that the Saints can take advantage this weekend? This will definitely be... So I guess the way the Jets defense has declined since week five, if I'm a player on the Saints offense, I'm thinking this is my time to feast. This has to be a chance for me to play my game, to feel confident knowing that this is, I can exploit this struggling defense and gain, regain some confidence in myself. As you said, it, these guys don't seem at least on camera in front of the media uh, like they're shaken or they have any doubts in themselves, but this will be, one of those games where I feel like if the Saints offense can get clicking, can get back to what we, we saw earlier in the year from them, that that could really sort of give them that ascent that they're looking for to push the second half. As far as your travel goes and getting there and some of the availabilities that you have, what is your schedule and preparation heading into a game? Yeah, so I started... I guess my work week uh, Sunday. So I was thankfully off this past Sunday. I didn't have an NFL game. So I tried to watch the Jets game live. I also watched the Saints game on Thursday. I think I was traveling. I don't know what day or week it is. I remember watching the Saints Thursday game. Then I watched the Jets Sunday. Um, then I just make sure I read through a lot of the clippings through, you know, Google searches, Saints, Jets, specific players. Uh, I check social media. Then on Friday, tomorrow, we're going to meet with the Jets, go to practice, do our interviews with them. Saturday, we're going to do that for the Saints, check in with those guys. Uh, Sunday morning, get to the stadium, bright and early, meet one of the coaches or players off the bus. Um, and then it's go time at 1 Eastern, noon Central. When you look at that Jet team, a first-year coach, a rookie quarterback, I hate to say unrealistic, but we're expectations a bit overly optimistic when you're talking about that situation? I think people were, that's a good way to put it. Um, I think Jets fans have just been so hungry 
for their team to do so well and they have felt so hurt by them lately that they were, you know, grasping at straws thinking, you know, maybe this could be it. I think we've seen really positive steps and really positive things from them. Um, I covered Robert Salo and he's with the 49ers. So energetic. These guys would run through a brick wall for him. And I think Zach Wilson, we do need to remember that he is just a rookie. If we think it's some of the, these guys, I mean, what was Drew Brees like his rookie year? You know, I think we just are so that here in the moment now thinking these players should be immediately Hall of Famers um, that we, I mean, I, I do it too. I forget that, you know, there is a maturation process and rookies aren't going to come out here and win you a Super Bowl more than likely. What about the infrastructure around him? Because we're seeing that with the Saints. I mean, basically when everyone gets injured and everyone, uh, everything kind of deteriorates around the quarterback, it makes it a lot more difficult for the quarterback to do what he's supposed to do. I mean, Zach Wilson, more interceptions than touchdowns right now. He's been sacked 25 times in, I think, eight games. Uh, that's a lot to ask of a rookie quarterback. And yet, you know, has the infrastructure around him been such that, you know, he was going to succeed? I think, I think the pieces are there. Like you said, it. Zach Wilson's a rookie. His The core of that team is also still really young. I mean, first and second year players. So it's, it's just still a learning process of getting familiar with each other. Uh, we had the Jets the very first week, which was Zach Wilson's first ever NFL game that he's even been to, which is, you know, crazy to imagine he's taking a snap in it, not just watching it. Um, and he said that he and Corey Davis had a really good chemistry already. And that was his number one guy. And now his number one guy is gone. So you just got to think that like, if you're, you know, writing an article and your keyboard breaks, like you lose your K key, you know, <laughs> you, you can only be so successful. Um, so I, I think the tools are there. They just need to sharpen the pencils. They have the pack, but it's just the pencils are just not as sharp as they, they can be. Yeah. Or if you spill water on that keyboard sometimes. Or like, if you spill water on your keyboard. Have some adverse effects. <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you mentioned Robert hey. Salah, has he, Robert Salah, has he been able to, to, I guess, keep the enthusiasm up with this team? Because, you know, sometimes losing can have, you know, very adverse effects on teams. You're seeing the frustration. Um, we haven't met with the team yet, so I'm really excited and eager to see what the vibe is at practice when we go and what kind of practice Coach Salo runs. Is it, you know, serious? Are they fun, even though they're going through this kind of rough patch? Um, but you can't be anything but frustrated. You know, these guys get paid too. They have pride. They want to win these games. So I, I think, you know, listening to the press conferences already this week, Robert Sala is keeping his cool, which as a player, I would want my coach to do that. I don't want you to get too high, too low. You know, we, we had expectations for the year, but you just have to play with the cards you're dealt. So I feel like there still seems to be positivity and belief from those players, um, but you know, they're disappointed. You said that you had the Jets the opening weekend. What did you glean from watching them play, seeing the new head coach, new quarterback, and maybe any of the players that stood out to you? Yeah, it was it was exciting. You know, week one, everyone thinks their team is going to go, you know, 18 and 0 at that point. Um, my biggest takeaway was that Carolina looked great, which, you know, there's the, the ebbs and flows of a football season. Um, Zach Wilson, though, I will say was very poised throughout the entire game coming to the bench sat down with the floor um, when he was down on the sideline. Now he's up in the coach's box, but 
you know, interceptions, fumbles, you know, incompletions. He never lost his cool, um, which I thought was very mature, particularly coming from a rookie. Um, but I think that was by far my biggest takeaway because I was really trying to watch his demeanor and just how he was handling himself. Um, so, I mean, if defenses have gotten to him, as far as I've seen, he hasn't really shown it. But then again, he's also coming off an injury. So I'm also going to make sure that you know, that's something I'm watching of is he's, you know, making his, make sure everything feels fine. And, you know, he's still, still keeping his head cool. You mentioned the injuries and the very lengthy injury report that we've seen this week from the Jets. Thankfully, the Saints is getting smaller and smaller. What, what are some of the key players or positions that you might think might be affected or other people might have to step up into? For the Jets? Yeah. Yeah, um, definitely that wide receiver position. Um, I think that for sure is number one for me. Um, I mean, this def- this offense, excuse me, they, this was the first, this last week was the first time Zach Wilson threw a touchdown pass in the first half, I believe it was. Um, so clearly there, there needs to be some sort of urgency um, that the offense needs to get clicking that if he doesn't have his number one receiver and his number one weapon, the guy he's most comfortable with, you know, you can't just make up chemistry. So um, for sure, that is my number one, I think, you know, point for Zach is that Davis isn't there. You said something about the Panthers and having them earlier this season. Who are some of the other teams that you've gotten to see and been impressed with since the season started? Yeah, so we had um, the Titans at, at home um, against, who did we have? Oh, my goodness. We had Titans week three, I think. It was against Seattle. Um the, the fact that they've been able to, to keep winning with so many injuries has been insane. Uh, Coach Frable really is running a really good shop down there in Tennessee. So that has, that's been exciting to watch. Um, I absolutely loved Seattle. That was my first trip there. Um, I'm trying to think who else we've had this year. We did have uh, Texans at Titans, and that was an impressive win with, with Tyrod Taylor and I mean, it was my first rain game on the sideline, so that's a whole nother can of worms. Um, but the fact that the Texans beat the Titans, that was kind of mind-blowing. So this league, man, it's true, any given Sunday. You know, I guess this is different for everybody, but what's been the best thing for you about getting back into, into stadiums with fans this year? The best thing is meeting teams in person. Um, we all are making sure we're, you know, following all the guidelines. We're being safe, safety first, obviously, but last year we did it like this via zoom and Aaron, John, it is such a pleasure to meet you, but to do this in person would be so much better. You know, you can get the cadence, you can make jokes, you know, humor kind of translates better in person. Um, so being able to meet teams, players in real life and getting to know them, um, I like people a lot. So getting to, you know, meet these players and say like, hey, you know, we got to talk to Carson Wentz right before his baby was born. Um, you know, that's the, the personal touch that I really missed. Um, from a professional standpoint, being on the sideline is so much better than being in that first row. We called it the moat. Um, you can actually hear things. You can see things so much better. Um, getting to talk to players pregame, if there is a storyline I needed to follow up on, like I asked AJ Brown um, about his mental health post um, and being able to, to chat with him just sort of casually on the field pregame, I think is 
definitely something we were missing last year. I have to ask, um, I don't know, you know, this isn't like visual, but it looks like there's a Stanley cup behind you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my husband is from St. Louis. He is a huge St. Louis blues fan. Um, we both worked in Washington, DC before I joined CBS. So in 2018, the Capitals won the cup. So we won the cup in 18 for the Capitals, 19 for the Blues. So he got an inflatable Stanley Cup. Um, he also has a banner. And then there's another one. And I think some Capitals uh, Stanley Cup memorabilia. So we're, we're a very big sports family here. There you go. But most of the time you're on the football sidelines doing NFL coverage, but you also do college. Anything else that we can see you on? Yeah, absolutely. So I do college basketball for CBS also um, on the sidelines and in studio. So I already had one UConn game already this year. And then uh, once football season wraps up, I have a few more. So you check in with CBS Sports Network. Uh, you'll see me there on the desk getting you ready pregame, halftime post, and then also uh, there on the hardwood. Sounds great. We're looking forward to watching you on Sunday. Hopefully the weather is good. I, I don't know. I think it's <laughs> I don't know. I'm hoping just no rain. I can handle cold, but cold and wet is not going to be fun. Yeah. I think the players would agree with you on that one. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks to Sherry for joining the podcast today. Good talking to her. Looking forward to seeing her on the broadcast this Sunday, 12 o'clock against the Jets. John, we talked a little bit about who we're getting back. Some of the players that will be off the field due to various reasons, COVID, suspensions, but also injury report. Final one comes out this afternoon at three o'clock. And then we'll get our list of inactives officially before the game on Sunday. But who do you expect to be on that list? Well, we, we pretty much know that the right tackle Ryan Ramchick is going to be on there. He's been out the last couple of weeks and that's been a huge loss for the saints on the offensive line. We already mentioned the COVID guys and the suspended uh, Deontay Harris, uh, but the really the big name remaining is Ryan Ramchick, who unfortunately has not been able to recover from that injury. And and um, so the Saints will try to make do without him for another week. Um, Teron Armstead's been banged, but he will be back in at left tackle, it looks it looks to be. So hopefully he can hold up throughout the game because, you know, he's just had that injury that's been lingering uh, this season where he hadn't been able to be his best. So, But the big one, you know, of course, again, Ryan Ramchek. And, and it, you know, the team's been Peyton Turner quite some time now he's on injured reserve so we know he's not going to be out there uh, looks like Aiden Ellis will be back at linebacker though so mm -hmm. that's that's a little pick me up for the Saints defensively we want to give a shout out to Dan Dalrymple he's the strength and conditioning coach for the New Orleans Saints and he was just named the professional strength and conditioning coach of the year so that's a massive honor for him by the NC or NSCA so that's pretty cool um I don't know if you've had any interaction with him and know a little bit about what he does, but feel free to share a story or two. Yeah, yeah no, Dan pretty well. Uh, he runs a pretty nice weight room. Um, and, and Dan himself, I, I should say this, Dan himself is big into the strength and conditioning himself because Dan has dropped a ton of weight. I mean, Dan's <laughs> in great, really right now, uh, but the players love him. Um, they like him and, and, you know, he, he runs it and it's structured. Uh, he keeps the Saints as being one of the, you know, tip top teams in the league. And so it's a nice honor for him, uh, probably, you know, voted among his peers as much as anything. And, and that's the thing that means the most to you uh, in any profession. If your peers have respect for what you do, then that means a lot to you.
Absolutely. Good honor there. So this is a random Saints stat we're going to end on here. The last time that the Saints played all three of the New York teams was in 2009. They beat all three that year. This is the fourth time overall that they faced all three teams and they've never been swept. So we need to keep that rolling. We need to get this win against the Jets and hopefully end the, the five game losing streak that we've been on as well. I, th I feel good about it, John. I, I think it's gonna happen this weekend. Looking forward to being there with you on our pregame show and our postgame show. So everybody can join us there, New Orleans, neworleansaints.com, our app presented by Verizon, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, Dome at Home Live, 11.15 before the game and postgame. We'll have coaches, players, all the sound and analysis. Thank you so much to everybody for joining us on today's podcast. Looking forward to the game. Hope everybody enjoys their weekend and go Saints. I'll talk to you guys again on Friday.